What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse, and I just finished plowing with the Ford F-150 Lightning. Yeah, we're going to be coming out with an in-depth, and you're not going to want to miss that. So hit the subscribe button, hit the bell notification, turn that on. And if you are watching this on your phone and you're logged in, you'll get a notification when we put out that video. You're not going to want to miss it. All right. Um, I'm going to go get changed. <laughs> Woo! All, All right. right. I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. You're watching Tesla Time News. Episode 383. On Now You Know. Thank you to Delete Me for sponsoring this episode. We talk about how technology is changing people's everyday lives. That can be good, but we know that it can have a downside. So if you've watched us for a while, you know that I'm really glad I signed up for Delete Me. Delete Me experts find and remove your personal information from online sources, including but not limited to things like where you live, your social security number, where you work, and your phone numbers. There are so many risks when it comes to your online data, and a wide variety of internet-connected devices from laptops to smart home products have been used to track and harass victims. A recent article we found focused on automotive data collection. Virtually every major automobile manufacturer offers a mobile app. Car apps have been used to track a victim's location and movements. Delete Me will help keep your personal info private by removing it from data broker websites and reduce risk from identity theft, credit card fraud, robocalls, spam, stalking, cybersecurity threats, executive and employee harassment, and unwanted communications in general. You have the power to control your digital identity and reclaim your privacy. So sign up for Delete Me and use our code NYK20 to get 20% off. And thank you to Delete Me for sponsoring this episode. So Tesla posted their preliminary Q4 production and delivery numbers last week. Yeah, they said in Q4, we produced approximately 495,000 vehicles and delivered over 484,000 vehicles. For the full year of 2023, we delivered 1.8 million, which is up 38% year over year. And production is 1.85 million, which is up 35% year over year. Our Q4 earnings call will be streamed live on X on January 24th at 4.30 Central. So this is the best quarter ever. Yeah, take a look at this chart. Let's put it in perspective with this quarterly chart from MainStreetData.com. It shows deliveries were up in Q4 38% year over year. And annual deliveries were also up 38% from 1.31 million in 2022 to 1.81 million in 2023. By the way, 2023 was also the best year for Model S and Model X deliveries with about 68,870, that little orange piece at the top of each red bar. And Tesla will be holding their Q4 earnings call on Wednesday, January 24th. We'll have our earnings recap out the next day on In-Depth. And Tesla just released their 2023 recap video. So check this out. Five millionth Tesla vehicle produced. 1 millionth Tesla vehicle on the road in Europe. The 20 millionth 4680 battery cell was produced. 5,000 builds per week production rate hit at Gigafactory Berlin and Gigafactory Texas. Gigafactory Shanghai reached production capacity. 
11,000 plus new supercharger stalls opened for a total of 50,000 superchargers worldwide. Gigafactory Mexico and Megafactory Shanghai were announced. Model S Plaid broke its own Nürburgring record by more than eight seconds. The sexy lineup ranked the top four most American-made cars. The Model Y became the world's best-selling car. Tesla charging connector adopted as the North American charging standard, or NACS. Global supercharging network open to all EVs. Powerwall installations began in four countries. 500,000 plus Powerwall installations completed globally. The Powerwall 3 was launched. 13 million plus homes protected from outages with Stormwatch. Upgraded Model 3 was launched in Europe and Asia. Ultra red and stealth gray paints released for the Model S next. First Cybertrucks were delivered. And the Optimus Gen 2 was revealed. But I was thinking, what would it look like if Ford made a 2023 recap video? We're just so proud of what Ford has accomplished in 2023. The number one best-selling truck, F-Series. Okay, nice. You stayed ahead of Chevy and Dodge again. Number one best-selling vehicle, F-Series. Well, I think you're just padding things at this point, but uh, continue. Number one hybrid truck, Maverick. I mean, you only sold 94,000, but uh, okay. If you're proud of it, that that's great, Jim. Number one full-size hybrid truck, F-150 Hybrid. Again, Jim, you only sold 50,000 of the F-150 Hybrid, but uh, okay. Number one electric truck, F-150 Lightning. There were only two electric trucks in production last year, Jim. And yes, you sold 53 more Lightnings than Rivian. So hat tip to you. Number one electric van nameplate, E-Transit. There was really only one electric van, Jim, but okay, yay for you. Number two electric SUV, Mustang Mach-E. Yeah, I mean, the Mach-E came in second to the Tesla Model Y. I mean, a far second, I might add. I mean, you sold 20,000 Mach-E's and Tesla sold 1.2 million Model Y's. But if saying number two makes you feel better, Jim, go ahead. Number one commercial van, Ford Transit. Okay. Number one in commercial vehicles. Semantics, Jim. Ford has a commercial division and uh, other companies don't. So Jim Farley actually said these things, by the way, verbatim. There's his ex post. And Elon congratulated him. But to put this all in perspective, Jim Farley claims that Ford is the second best selling EV brand in the U.S. with 72,608 EVs sold. Uh-huh. And um, what were Tesla's numbers again? I mean, I feel like that's as if I raced against Usain Bolt and then I came in second. It's like, yeah, OK. <laughs> But speaking of Bolt, GM announced their Q4 sales numbers. So Ford was up 18% in their EV sales in 2023 with 72,608. And it may look like GM had a good Q4 with a total of 19,469 EVs sold in Q4. GM was up year over year from the 16,266 they sold in Q4 of 2022. That's a 20% increase. But that's the end of the Chevy Bolt for a while. Yeah, as we've reported, GM stopped producing the Bolt back in December until 2025 at the earliest. So next quarter, other than a few Bolts still hanging out on dealer lots, GM's going to have a tough Q1, especially since they had to pause sales of the Blazer EV while they figure out software glitches. And the Equinox hasn't launched yet. Okay, but I just added up the numbers there from that GM sales sheet. And it looks like GM sold 75,883 EVs in 2023. Okay, what's your point? Well, if Ford sold 72,608 EVs, how can Jim Farley claim that they were in the number two spot? Hmm. Maybe because Ford sold 25,937 EVs in Q4, which is about 6,000 more than GM. I mean, I do think technically GM bumped Ford out of the number two spot for now, but I think Ford could take it back next year if uh, lightning sales remain strong. And that's the thing. While Ford is going to have to rely more than ever on the F-150 lightning selling well, the Cybertruck is finally here and Tesla is ramping up production with over two million people in line to get it. That's a good point. And Ford is raising the price on many lightning variants. Wow. I mean, other than the Platinum, which is coming down $5,000 to $85,000, all the other variants are up $2,000 to $7,500. Yeah, so. that's uh, probably because they're not making much money on the truck. So, yeah. yeah. It's it's also weird talking about like, okay, who's in number two spot? Who's in number three spot? It would be like if one Major League Baseball team was a full team full of Major League Baseball players and then every other team was just children. 
And so you'd be like, well, you know, the Mariners this year, they're doing pretty good. Uh, little Timmy, he is fastball almost over the plate. Pretty good. He has, he, you know, 75 walks this this uh, first five games. But, you know, <laughs> I don't know. We're, we're getting there. Check out this video that Tesla just released of Giga Shanghai. So keep your eye on that number in the upper left-hand corner. So from logistics to stamping. to casting to body and white to paint shop all the way through general assembly What does that 39.62 mean? That is tracking in seconds as Tesla Manufacturing posted on X. Giga Shanghai operates a 95% automated production line, enabling a cycle time of less than 40 seconds. From taking 2.5 years for the first million cars to be produced, the second million was done in just 12 months. Wait, so you're saying that every 40 seconds, another Tesla comes out of Giga Shanghai? Yeah. That's about 2,180 per day or about 15,265 cars per week. Now, by my math, that comes up shy of 1 million per year. I get 795,961 per year, but maybe Tesla is going to be increasing the run rate a bit more. They would need to get it to one car every 31.5 seconds to hit 1 million per year. And that's if every second of the year was used. And all with a 95% automated production line. Yeah. Now think about when Tesla starts producing the Model 2, right? Which is going to be the smaller car that's designed to be produced even faster and cheaper. Now imagine how fast they're going to be able to produce those. For some context, Ford averages about one car every 60 seconds and GM and VW produce one car every 65 seconds on average. So you're saying Tesla's Giga Shanghai is 50% faster at producing cars than their competition. Yes. And in the time that it took us to tell you about all of this, um, Tesla just produced six cars. Wow. <laughs> okay. We wanted to shout out one of our favorite partnerships, Climate Exchange's annual EV raffle. This raffle is really cool because not only can you win some great prizes, but you're also supporting a really important cause. They've been running this raffle for eight years, and the grand prize winner will have their pick of any EV on the market worth up to $112,835, which is the price of a fully loaded Tesla Model X Plaid. Previous winners have all chosen Tesla models, but now that there are so many great options out there, Climate Exchange will work with you to find and purchase any electric vehicle, even through your local dealership. But what if you win an EV and you have no place to charge it? Climate Exchange has you covered there. Along with the new car, the winner will get an extra $5,000 in charging support to help pay for and install a home charger or to use while on the road. Even if you don't win the grand prize, Climate Exchange's raffle has cash prizes for second through fifth place. So you're really getting five chances to win with each ticket you buy. They cap the raffle at 5,000 tickets, but right now they've only sold 2,000. Ticket sales end in just over a month. So that means that right now your odds of winning a prize are actually really good. No matter what, your purchase is still going towards a great cause. Climate Exchange is a nonprofit, and they're working hard to help states transition to a zero emissions economy by passing climate policy. That's the whole reason they're running this raffle in the first place. They know that EVs play a key role in reducing carbon pollution, and the proceeds from this raffle help fund their important work. With the funding from previous raffles, their team has grown a network of over 15,000 policymakers and advocates working across the country on climate policy. Their team also built a comprehensive resource compiling information on over 65 climate policies that has since been shared by the EPA and New York Times. They're currently working on a new version of the resource that will enhance its usability and capabilities. We've seen the progress that Climate Exchange has made on climate change since we started promoting their work during their fourth raffle. Your ticket purchase will ensure they're able to continue this important work. You can buy tickets at carbonraffle.org or click the link in the description below. So we've been doing this show, Tesla Time News, for years. We're now in our ninth year. Why do we do it? Is Tesla having an impact? We want to thank CERN Basher for this post. So check out the impact that Tesla has had. 2.3 billion fewer gallons of gas consumed with a corresponding reduction in carbon emissions, noise, and brake dust. So that is equivalent to, of all Tesla drivers... $7.6 billion not spent on gas. $7.6 billion with a B. Some of this is spent on electricity, but most of it is saved. 
1,575 fewer gas stations needed, assuming the average gas station sells about 1.5 million gallons per year. 5.5 million people, plus their families, who don't have to stop at dirty gas stations. 5.5 million people who resolve recalls with over-the-air software updates without wasting time at car dealerships. I mean, check out this chart. The red line is how many gallons of gasoline were saved. The green bars are how much money has been saved. And it's just going up exponentially. And this is why big oil is trying so hard to stop Tesla. Because that's 7.6 billion dollars. Billion dollars. That did not go to any oil companies. That would have gone to oil companies, okay? It would have, they, they were expecting this big chunk of money, a big pallet of money, multiple pallets of money. And they were like, we oh, can't wait to have some of that money. Where's my pallet I this year? I'm going to buy a yacht. You're going to buy a yacht? I, was I gonna bought get my a bonus. fourth yacht. My bonus this year was going to be a pallet of so money. I'm so, and then they go, wait a minute. Whoa, where's all the money? Now they're still making gobs and gobs <laughs> of money, but they're going, what the f is going on? We got to stop this. Start the FUD machine. Hey, what can we say? Hey, this guy, this guy, Elon, I don't like him. What can we do? What can we do to make people not like him? He's a billionaire. Yeah, f that guy. So, tell me about your fourth yacht. <laughs> I'm on my fifth yacht, actually. Nice. So, the EPA issued this six-page document in July of 2022, which revises the EPA's testing policy for battery electric vehicles, starting with 2024 models. And so now, we're seeing that Tesla has revised the range numbers for some of their models. So let's go through the changes and then explain how the new policy works. So if you check out the Model S, the long range stayed at 405 miles. The 21-inch wheels actually went up. The Plaid dropped. The Model X long range dropped. The Plaid Model X dropped. The Model Y rear wheel drive stayed the same, but the long range dropped. And so did the performance. And the Model 3 was unchanged. Okay, I'm confused. I mean, why did some models go up in range and others drop in range if Tesla hasn't actually changed the cars at all? And why didn't Tesla update the Model 3 range numbers? All right, well, let's answer your last question first because it's the easiest. So the EPA states, vehicles utilizing carryover data may continue to use data generated under previous policy for as long as the tests are valid. So no changes to the vehicle requiring new MPGE range testing are required. Manufacturers who add a new configuration configuration to a test group for 2024 and later must present new test results using this policy. Okay, so because Tesla hasn't officially launched the new Highland Model 3 refresh yet in North America, it can use the 2023 EPA data for the Model 3, but not for the Model Y and all these other ones. Correct. Now to your first question, why are range numbers going up and down? The EPA has now realized that there are different drive modes on a lot of EVs. It only took them, I don't know, 10 years. Okay. So if an EV has more than one drive mode, they said, quote, determine the best case and worst case latching modes for range and MPGE, test in both modes and average the results. So they basically make the manufacturer test the vehicle in the most efficient drive mode and test it again in the least efficient drive mode and then average the two numbers. Okay, so hang on. Teslas have chill mode, which is, well, chill it reduces acceleration and generally improves range because you're not like you know you're you're just you're like right you know and that makes it more efficient okay but teslas also have insane and some have ludicrous modes which are just fun for like blast offs but they're very inefficient because you're you're putting just so much energy into acceleration which isn't that efficient right and i think therein lies the problem realistically you're probably not going to drive long distances to grandpa's house in insane mode but the epa is making tesla average that mode into their range calculations so up until now i've been pretty positive about the epa range testing method it's actually the most realistic of all the methods it averages half highway driving with half city driving but I don't think that the EPA's new range testing method is actually going to help consumers. I agree. The average between two drive modes, especially a drive mode designed for racing, isn't going to give a realistic number, especially for Teslas. And it's going to actually help other manufacturers who don't typically put insane type drive modes in their cars. And I think... That's why the EPA did this. The EPA is another federal agency that has been targeting Elon. This new guidance came out from the EPA in July of 2022, less than three months before President Biden said this publicly. Mr. President, do you think Elon Musk is a threat to U.S. national security? And should the U.S. and with the tools you have investigate his joint acquisition of Twitter with foreign governments, which include the Saudis? <sighs> I 
I think that Elon Musk's cooperation and or technical relationships with other countries uh, is worthy of being looked at. Whether or not he is doing anything inappropriate, I'm not suggesting that. I'm suggesting that it worth, worth being looked at. Um, and uh, um, and uh, but that's all I'll say. There's a lot of ways. Uh, now, I've thought long and hard about this one. Why would the EPA put out this new policy? It doesn't help consumers get more accurate range estimates on EVs that they're considering buying. It doesn't take into account temperature or speed, which are two of the biggest factors. And it largely only affects Tesla because it takes Elon's fun modes like insane and ludicrous and uses them against their range estimate. EPA. If you want to get at more accurate range numbers, then factor in temperature by testing all new EVs in cold conditions and informing customers about how that affects each model. Test each model at highway speeds and city speeds like you do on the Monroney sticker for ICE cars and BG ratings. Now, I, I do want to just take a step back here because a lot of different EVs will have an eco mode, which is very, very, very Spartan. It's very slow and not very good. And most people aren't going to use it. They're going to use the normal mode. Um, and so I think that that was kind of a way that a lot of manufacturers could kind of get around the EPA range testing was that they were going to have this eco mode that they knew that no one was going to use. And then you were going to use the normal mode. Like, for instance, the Rivian has an eco mode where only the two front motors are turned on, which totally limits your acceleration a lot and your traction and everything else. And most of the time you're going to be in just the normal mode where all four motors go and you have tons of acceleration. Okay, so EPA, just tell us each of the modes and nice. what range you get in each of the modes. Give the consumer more information. Mm -hmm. I mean, on the Monroney sticker, you get to see uh, an ICE car, what it gets in city driving, what it gets in highway driving. They do average it for you, but you can just see that yourself. Why not do that for EVs? Because as soon as you average the data, you're destroying information. Exactly. Right? Like, we don't know what the top end is. We don't know what the low end is. Right. It might be very useful for me to see, like, okay, in ludicrous mode, the Model S is only going to get, you know, 150 miles of range, let's say. But in eco mode, Mode, it could get the, you know, 450 miles. And, you know, one of the biggest questions people have is how much range will I lose in cold weather? So EPA, test it for us and tell us. Yeah. Look, maybe I'm being too tinfoil hat here. Maybe the EPA is just a bunch of bureaucrats that wanted to fix something that wasn't broken. Let me know what you think in the comments. To back up my argument, go to the grocery store, pick up pretty much anything in the grocery store. There's going to be a little label on there with tons of little numbers. And if you want to look at them, you can. It'll tell you the protein, the carbohydrates, you know, the fat and so forth. So we, we know as consumers how to look at things right. like that. And they'll even print stuff that you can't even pronounce in the ingredients exactly. list just so that way you know what's in it. So if it's monoglutosotophotobotodotomate. Do the same thing with the battery. Yeah. Tell us where the battery materials come from and what's in my battery. Sure. So the Model Y range may have gone down, but Tesla has added two new colors for the Model Y. Ultra Red and Stealth Gray, which had previously only been available for the Model S and X. Stealth Gray is available as an included color, so no extra cost if you choose it. And the new Ultra Red is a $2,000 option. This is, by the way, the first time that the Model Y has gotten new colors. Mm. Uh, now, if you're wondering what the difference between the old Midnight Silver looks like compared with the Stealth Gray, here is the old Midnight Silver, and here is the Stealth Gray. So, darker Stealth Gray. Uh, and the old Multicoat Red versus the new Ultra Red. Mm. So... Old multi-coat red on the right versus ultra red on the left and midnight silver versus stealth gray. Uh, by the way, the old multi-coat red is no longer an option. And we have a Patreon poll coming up later, which uh, tells us whether our patrons would choose that $2,000 option, which could be a good profit margin booster for Tesla. Yeah, we'll see. So a drone shot this week revealed a number of refreshed Highland Model 3s at the Fremont factory. Oh, but not being sold in the U.S. yet. Uh, so where'd they come from? Well, these have Chinese badges on the back. Oh, so they're from China. Well, some people are saying that they're from Fremont, but have a China Tesla badge as a decoy. Yeah, sure. I'm not following that. Well, it's just that if Tesla was going to be making a refreshed Model 3 in Fremont and they're about to start deliveries, people might delay their Model 3 orders mm. and Tesla would have thousands of non-refreshed Model 3s on its hands that it couldn't really sell without reducing the price. So not only did they manufacture a refreshed Model 3 in Fremont, but they went out of their way to get a Chinese Tesla badge to stick onto it just to try and trick people into thinking that they aren't about to sell the refreshed version in the United States. 
look, it seems like a lot, but this would be the first major refresh to the Model 3 since its release over six years ago. I mean, there have been others. Remember the Chrome, uh, the double glass? Yes, but this is the first obvious one like that the average person would be able to tell. I mean, they're actually changing body panels. All right, so what do you guys think? Is this really being built in Fremont or is this being just shipped over from China? Comment down below. All right, time for the Cybertruck Roundup. Yeehaw! The Cybertruck Roundup. So first off, I wanted to start with a Cybertruck running up that hill. Let's check it out. He's going to make it up that hill? Yep, check that out. Oh, <laughs> wow. That's cool. <laughs> okay. All right, take a look at these pictures of a satin white Cybertruck. Some people have been saying this truck looks like a refrigerator, but this is ridiculous. So apparently the Cybertruck is equipped with lockers. Right, the vault lock shut. No, 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 lockers, like locking differentials. Oh, like on the Ford. So, I mean, I think this is gonna be used for rock climbing. Also for plowing. That's true. Now, is this a huge deal? Um, I think so, because I watched you this morning plowing with the Ford F-150, and when we locked the rear wheels, you actually, I saw a bunch of times, you probably would have slipped more. That's true. And usually, lockers on a truck are an option. Um, so this is a bit of a value add. I think totally. that sometimes you'd have to pay more for that. Um, but the big question for me is, will all models have it? Right. Is it only for beast mode? I don't know. Uh, next up, we get to see the difference in height between the Cybertruck at its lowest and highest levels. Wow. So it, it, the woman is not getting smaller, okay? Just, the truck is getting taller. Next up, we have all three electric trucks, and they are all American trucks. You know what's cool? That's going to be our driveway. That's going to be our driveway. <laughs> In like a month. <laughs> Except we're going to have the proper colors. We did get the proper it's gonna colors. It's going to be red, blue, and silver. Yes. Red, silver, and blue. Our buddy Kyle Connor from Out of Spec Motoring did a live stream on January 4th where they tested a Cybertruck with 320 miles of EPA rated range to find out its real world range. So they performed the test in Austin, Texas, late at night. They charged the truck to 100%, so 318 miles of rated range. The conditions were 46 degrees Fahrenheit or 8 degrees Celsius, so kind of chilly. They tested it at 70 miles an hour speeds on the highway. They put it in chill and they drove it until it completely, and I mean completely ran out of juice when they finally got back they could not drive it anymore elevation played no part and there was very little wind okay so what was the range 254 miles or 409 kilometers hmm 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 so uh about 70 miles less than the rated range well, now you can see why the EPA is changing their testing methods. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I don't think cold should really play into it because that's not New England cold. 46 degrees is a warm day. We go out in T-shirts and shorts. Yes, but that is where you start to, you do start to lose range around 46 degrees. I agree, but I mean, a lot of the country sees 46 degree temperatures. No, no, I understand that. But what I'm saying is like 73 is like optimal. Sure. But this yeah. shows you maybe. This is why the EPA should test in different temperatures and give us the results. I mean, Because yeah. all electric vehicles are going to be affected that way. But I mean, they also supercharged, so that should have warmed up the battery. I know. Weird. So we finally had a look at the Mulroney sticker on the Cybertruck, and we found out that only 65% of the parts come from the U.S. and Canada. Well, but 25% come from Mexico. So according to Sawyer Merritt, this is the most American-Canadian truck. Wow. I mean, look at the Ford Lightning. Less than 24%. And I mean, for those of you who don't know, 65 plus 25 is 90%. So that would mean that 90% of the components are made in North America. Yeah. That's American. That is that is America. We're all American. <laughs> South America too? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Pharrell Williams was spotted in Miami's design district driving a Cybertruck. Driving a Cybertruck makes him happy. <laughs> Did he just park in the middle of the street? He's Pharrell. He's probably going to dance a little bit and sing and everyone's going to be happy. <laughs> okay. Interesting. If you want to find out all about Cybertrucks, go to our friends at the Cybertruck Owners Club. That is where we find out all of our information. Now that we're almost owners, we uh, really do fit in there. So check it out. You can find out your place in line and use their 3D configurator to see what your truck is going to look like in any wrap, color, and logo. Over on our Now Let's Review channel, we of course review e-bikes, e-scooters, and EV chargers, but we also review accessories that can make your life more enjoyable. Like our cat ear thingies that we reviewed last week. And safer things like the Basecamp Smart e-bike helmet that we reviewed this week. Right. It's got built-in Bluetooth speakers and a microphone so you can make phone calls and listen to music while riding. It's also got rear lights and turn signals. That's right. I almost forgot. Turn like beware. 
and then you have a blinker. There's a remote that you can mount to your handlebar to signal left and right turns while riding so that traffic behind you can see what you're about to do. Can I just say, we go for a lot of e-bike rides um, all over, and I rarely see other cyclists wearing helmets with lights. I always wear a helmet with lights, and it makes me feel way more visible. If there's one thing I can recommend to make your biking or scootering safer, it's to wear a helmet with lights. And we've reviewed a bunch of them on our Now Let's Review channel, so check them out today. Wanna to know which EVs made it onto the top 10 used EVs in the US list for 2023? According to IC Cars, the Model 3 was by far the most popular. Because there's so many of them on the market. True. The prior year, Tesla took the top four spots, but in 2023, the Chevy Bolt moved up from number six and the Nissan Leaf moved up from number five into the three and four spots, respectively. The Mach-E, e-tron, Taycan, and ID4 stayed the same. It's also interesting that used EVs made up about 8% of the used car market overall in 2023. Cox Automotive is predicting that used EVs will increase to 10% of the used car market and become the fastest growing used market segment. So now that it's 2024, the new 27-page IRS tax guidance document, 2023-33, for the U.S. EV tax credit have gone into effect. That means now, instead of waiting to get the tax credit of up to $7,500 back after you file your taxes, you can now get up to $7,500 taken off the sticker price of the EV right when you check out at the auto dealer or in the case of Tesla when you check out online. The change means that even if you don't have enough tax burden to qualify for the credit, you will get the credit. And that is because the IRS, for some reason, won't recapture the difference. This is great news for people who don't earn enough to pay, let's say, $7,500 in federal taxes, but want to get $7,500 off the sticker price of a new EV. But you do have to give the auto dealer your tax information. So we thought you might like to know which EVs currently qualify for this tax credit. So here's the list. Only four manufacturers currently qualify for any EV tax credits at all. Chevrolet, Ford, Rivian, and Tesla. Only three qualify for the full tax credit. Sorry, Rivian buyers, you'll only get $3,750 off models that are priced below the cap of $80,000. Good luck. And sorry, Model 3 buyers who don't want a performance version. The rear-wheel drive and long range don't qualify for any tax credits currently. Now, this list will change undoubtedly, so make sure to visit fueleconomy.gov. We'll put the link down below to the website, so you should check it before you start looking for cars because things are going to change all the time. Now, wait a minute. Does this mean that the Performance Model 3 costs less than the Long Range Model 3? It can, depending on how it's configured, yeah. Yep. Mm. Might change what you want to buy. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> it might be done on purpose by Tesla. I don't know. Mm. Mm. All right, check this out, Jesse. It's the Olympian Model 1 by New York City-based startup Olympian Motors. Wow. So this is like, this must have been back in the 1910s, 1920s. Sorry, the 30s. The 30s? No, no, it's a startup. They were founded in 2021. You mean 1921? No, 2021. It's a new car. Some of their priorities include steel and wood over plastics and sustainable materials over toxic chemicals. I like the last one there, silence over noise. Okay, so tell me about the Model 1. Well, they don't give that much information on their website. Uh, in one spot, it says 250 miles of range. You can pre-order the Founder Edition with a $500 fully refundable deposit. The final price is 80000 and they have planned deliveries in New York, California, Connecticut, Florida, and Nevada, with test drives available now in Brooklyn, New York. Suicide doors or not? I don't know, because one picture shows suicide doors and one picture shows regular doors, so I'm not sure which you get. You can, maybe it does both. But check this out. Olympian is also working on the Model 84, which they claim is the first electric convertible SUV in the United States. The Model 84 will have 335 miles of range and will cost $70,000. Olympian is offering test drives of the Model 84 in Brooklyn and in San Francisco. They only plan on making 310 units of the Model 84 in 2024, with the first planned delivery starting in Q2 of this year. Now, both vehicles use Olympian's uh, MVDS, or Modular Vehicle Drivetrain, which they say hosts four core hardware and two software modules that can reduce tooling and machinery costs by 80% for 50% faster production lead times. 
Well, we should go for a test drive. We are reaching out to Olympian as we speak to see if we can. I really like that they show this about their vehicles, recycled and eco-friendly parts, and it shows the percentage that are. Yeah, that's nice. It shows that they're focused on being as sustainable as they can. But going back to the specs, um, I found this page on Olympian's website that shows that the Model 84 will have 335 miles of range with an 89 kilowatt hour battery, top speed of 250 miles an hour, which seems incredible, and 0 to 16 8.1 seconds. But then I found this page that shows that it'll only have 240 miles of range. And the same thing for the Model 1. This spec page shows a range of 305 miles, 82 kilowatt hour battery size, top speed of 160 miles an hour, and 0 to 60 in 5.7. But that's 65 miles more than what their other spec page shows. Yeah, so we'll have to do some more research on this because what gives me pause is this claim on their website, quote, Olympian's lithium-ion battery cells achieve the world's highest energy density, nearly double that of a production automotive battery. Wow. How... How is that possible? Because it's, it's in Brooklyn, baby. Oh. Uh, <laughs> they so, pour coffee in it. <laughs> so what's the charging rate? Uh, they claim 125 kilowatts of DC charging speed and 11 kilowatts max of AC charging. Hmm. So yeah, they're not far from us. We should go check them out. There's all sorts of ways that the powers that be out there in the world are trying to slow down EV adoption. Because you remember the $7 billion that didn't get paid to the oil companies. <laughs> Exactly. There's, of course, the constant FUD articles and the news stories in the mainstream media. There's also the tricks that the federal, state and local governments can play when oil and gas lobbyists get their way. Case in point, let's turn our attention now to the state of Tennessee, where they just doubled the EV registration fee from $100 a year to $200 a year. Why'd they do that? Well, as you know, EVs don't pay for gas, so they don't pay the gas tax. And that's just not fair. But... Hang on, an average gas car in Tennessee that drives 15,000 miles a year would pay about $100 in gas taxes. So I get the $100 EV registration fee, but why double it to $200? That means that now EV owners are going to be paying twice what an ICE car owner pays. Tennessee isn't stopping there. The fee is actually going up to $274 a year in 2026. W what's the reasoning for that? Inflation. Inflation? There's going to be 37% inflation in Tennessee in the next two years. Are they like making their own currency that they don't expect to do very well? Or is the gas tax in Tennessee going to go up 37% as well? No, because the gas tax in Tennessee has not been indexed to inflation. In fact, the gas tax in Tennessee lags well behind inflation. So here's a chart of Tennessee's gas tax rates starting in 1923 when they first started. As you can see in 1923, it was two cents per gallon. Which must have been like $40 today. <laughs> um, okay, so then I see that it went up to three cents in 1925, so just two years later. Five cents in 1929, seven cents in 1931. Oh, wait. Then it didn't go up again until 1981, 50 years later, mm -hmm. when it only went up two cents from seven cents a gallon to nine cents, which did not reflect inflation. So today in Tennessee, the gas tax is 26 cents per gallon uh, plus a 1.4 cents petroleum fee. So effectively, 27.4 cents per gallon. That means that over the past 100 years, Tennessee's gas tax went from two cents per gallon to 27.4 cents per gallon. So what does that work out to in average percentage increase per year? Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, beep, boop, boop. Uh, 0.15 percent. OK, now historically, what was inflation during those 100 years? It averaged 2.93% per year during that period. Okay, so let me get this straight. In 1923, Tennessee thought that it was fair to charge two cents per gallon of gas to help pay for the roads and bridges, right? Right. Okay. So if I had $100 in Tennessee back in 1923, and I put it in the bank with an interest rate of 0.15% per year, what would that be worth today, 100 years later? you'd have $121.36 in the bank. <laughs> okay, now if I put $100 in the bank in 1923 with an interest rate that kept up with inflation, so 2.93% per year, what would that be worth today? $1,852. Are you kidding me? The oil and gas lobby basically gave ICE car drivers in Tennessee a subsidy of 1,426% off the gas tax for the past 100 years. But now Tennessee wants EV owners to pay an EV tax of $200 a year and then 37% more in the next two years. What the f***? 
Yeah. And the real joke here is that the wear and tear on roads and bridges comes from giant diesel semi trucks that weigh tens of thousands of pounds. This is what damages infrastructure way more than passenger cars and EVs aren't polluting our air like ICE cars are. According to the American Lung Association, if we replaced all the ICE cars with EVs, we'd have half the pollution-related deaths and 35% reduction in asthma attacks. And by the way, if you think we're picking on Tennessee unfairly, there are plenty of other states that suck too when it comes to how they treat EV owners. Yeah, like Kentucky. Yeah, as of January 1st, Kentucky just passed new regulations that put two new taxes on EVs. First, EV owners now have to pay a $120 per year EV registration fee above and beyond the regular car registration fees that all vehicle owners have to pay. Uh, Many states currently do this, but Kentucky is one of the latest. So you're catching our ire, Kentucky. And Kentucky is now implementing an extra fee at EV charging stations. That's right. Kentuckian EV owners now have to pay an extra three cents per kilowatt hour. And if that charger is on Kentucky state property, you have to pay another three cents per kilowatt hour on top of it. Kentucky's average electricity price is 13 cents per kilowatt hour. So that amounts to a 23% tax. 46% if you're caught charging on Kentucky-owned land. I don't like it any more than you, man. Hey, and if you want to share a clip from this show, but you don't want to share the entire one hour long episode, go to our Now You Know Clips channel on YouTube or go over to X where we have all these chopped into little bite-sized pieces. All right, it's time for our friend Ellie in space with our SpaceX update. Hey, Zach and Jesse. Sorry that I look like a bum, but I'm actually about to board a plane heading to Vegas, and I will be covering the Consumer Electronics Show, or CES, as many of you know it by. But of course, I wanted to give you an update of what has been going on this past week with SpaceX, and we are one step closer for Starlink being used on your cell phones. This is through the direct-to-cell satellite launch of six of these direct-to-cell satellites last week, and I actually posted a news update about this on my X account and within a few minutes Elon liked that post so he must have liked my title which is that Starlink is doubling down on saving lives and I really mean it when I say that. Now we see Starlink satellites launch all the time but this launch included the first six with direct to sell capabilities which it cannot be understated what a huge deal this is. This will allow for mobile phone connectivity anywhere on earth. And as Dirty Tesla puts it, this will save lives because there are many places on Earth where there is zero cell connectivity. Um, And we will no longer read about these tragedies that that happen where people get lost and, and if only they could have called for help. Yesterday, SpaceX posted this beautiful view of the Starlink satellite deployment, and they even shared which countries are taking advantage of this idea, including the USA through T-Mobile, Australia through Optus, Canada through Rogers, New Zealand through 1NZ, Japan through KDDI, Switzerland through SALT, Chile through Intel, and also Peru through Intel. Elon Musk also clarified that, note, this only supports about 7 megabits per beam, and the beams are very big, so while this is a great solution for locations with no cellular connectivity, it's not meaningly competitive yet with existing terrestrial cellular networks. On the Starlink website, they share how this will work as a cell phone tower in space. Starlink satellites with direct-to-cell capability have an advanced E-Node-B modem on board that acts like a cell phone tower in space, allowing network integration similar to a standard roaming partner. And the idea is that these direct-to-cell satellites will initially be launched on SpaceX's Falcon 9 rocket and then eventually on Starship. And here's a close-up view that we don't normally see of these direct-to-cell satellites. Keep in mind, too, that these global partners or cellular providers using direct-to-cell have access to reciprocal global access in all partner nations. We also, of course, rounded out 2023 with just two launches shy of 100 launches for SpaceX. So they made it to 98 launches for the year of 2023, which is quite mind-blowing considering that they only had about 61 launches in 2022. So yes, they were shy of 100, but we just know for sure that this year in 2024, they're probably going to beat 100 launches. So I hope that you enjoyed this update. Again, if you want to see my coverage of CES, please head to my channel, Ellie in Space. And I'm really excited because I think it's going to be a crazy year for the space industry. Man, that's going to be 
really impactful. Oh yeah, the the Starlink with yeah. the Starlink phone. I oh, I know. I don't think people get it yet. No. Thank you, Ellie. All right, it's time for Into the Future, sponsored by our friends at Henson Shaving. And yes, neither of us have been shaving lately. <laughs> it's cold out. <laughs> Give me a break. But yeah, if you want to pick up your Henson Shaver, it's my favorite razor of all time. Um, you can, and you'll get 100 free blades if you use our code, now you know, at checkout. So Tesla has expanded its API support to include Powerwall, Solar, and its home charging station, enhancing its new API for developers. This move comes after years of relying on an unofficial API without documentation. Tesla launched an API for fleet management in October 2023 and has now added support for Powerwall, Solar products, and Wall Connector. This will enable third-party developers to integrate these products into their own software solutions. The integration of Tesla's energy products is expected to be welcomed by partners such as electric utilities, who can now develop apps to work with these products. And Tesla is recently focused on software to enable virtual power plants and Tesla Electric, aiming to increase the value of distributed energy assets. And now Samsung and Tesla have announced a new partnership, a service integration, which should allow Samsung and Tesla energy products to work together using Tesla's new API. So this is going to be nice. Yeah, Samsung makes a lot of batteries. So you could get like Tesla Solar, then get Samsung batteries, and they should be able to talk to each other. And this should allow you to like have an app that can tell you like more information about all of your solar information if you have a solar system right. or a battery system or your car. Yeah, and also just app developers who want to write different programs so that you can see different things differently. Mm. All right, it's time for Going Green. Arizona has gotten its first electric fire truck. The Mesa, Arizona Fire Department Fire Station 221 in Southeast Mesa just got their E1 Vector. Vector, that's me. All electric fire truck. So E1 is based in Ocala, Florida, and is a subsidiary of Rev Group, which is a publicly traded company on the New York Stock Exchange. All right, let's see some stats. All right, it's an 800-volt architecture with a 327-kilowatt-hour battery that can fully recharge in 3.5 hours. It can pump up to 1,250 gallons per minute of water. Oh, of water. Water, yeah, say water. I'm used to EVs. I'm <laughs> right. used to watts, not liters. Water, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah, 4,739 liters Woo! per minute. The mayor of Mesa says that it will be a test to see how much money it will save on fuel and maintenance. Rev Group also makes electric ambulances, street sweepers, and transit buses. So it's a cool way for municipalities to learn about electric trucks. You buy one. And then you can outfit your whole city or town with different electric trucks for different departments as the word spreads on how much money you can save. Hey, and if you live in Mesa, Arizona, um, please show us the fire truck going quietly by with just yeah. its sirens. And if you're if you're like, how will I ever find the siren? You just start a fire somewhere. <laughs> call the. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Don't don't do that. All right, it's time for sunspots. So First Energy has launched the first of five solar farms on 80 acres at Fort Martin Power Station in Maidsville, West Virginia. This is a 18.9 megawatt solar farm with 50,000 solar panels. When they're done with all five solar farms by the end of next year, they will be pumping 50 megawatts of solar onto the West Virginia power grid. So, I mean, solar is great and all, but we usually report on much bigger systems. I mean, this is tiny compared to most grid scale solar systems. Why are we reporting on this? Great question. It's because the state we're talking about, West Virginia, has been and still is a coal producing state. So coal powers most of their electrical grid and coal employs a lot of people in West Virginia. A 2019 study by West Virginia University found that 30,000 West Virginians were employed by the coal industry, generating almost 14 billion annually, about 10 percent of West Virginia's taxes. As of September 2023, there was only 35 megawatts of solar installed in West Virginia. West Virginia ranks 49th in the U.S. for the amount of solar installed, only 0.08% of West Virginia's electricity comes from solar. And so this would more than double it. Yes. Wow. Now, look at this infographic from Visual Capitalist, and thanks to our buddy Fred for sending this to us. It shows electricity emissions by state per capita. So basically showing CO2 emissions per person in each state. So green is low. So like Vermont has the lowest with just 0 0.06 tons per person because their electricity largely comes from hydro to black tar in Wyoming with a whopping 68.77 tons per person. And that's because their state gets most of their electricity from burning coal. 
Correct. And as you can see, West Virginia comes in at third worst in the nation with 35.84 tons of CO2 emissions per person. So back to West Virginia and their new solar projects. This is great news because it shows that even a staunch coal state is getting into solar. In fact, there are 517 megawatts of solar farms being planned in West Virginia as we speak that will be installed over the next five years. And while it's not a huge amount, it should bump West Virginia from 49th place to 45th place when those projects are completed. Today, there are about 3,000 people in West Virginia working in the solar industry, and the number of coal jobs has been cut in half over the last decade. So it might go from being a coal state to a solar state. You never know. Easy. Yeah, they got a lot of sun. Hey, and if you'd like to get a lot of solar on your roof so you can produce free, clean energy, talk to our friends at Energy Pal. They'll help you go solar for less. They know all the ins and outs and the tax reductions and the rebates and the this and the that. They'll do it all for free. So let them know that Zach and Jesse sent you. Their link is down below. Now, can they help me get a coal miner mm. to mine the coal? Beneath my home? Probably not. Okay. Just, I just wanted to check. That would be Cole Pal. Cole Pal. <laughs> All right, it's time for our video contributor stories. Remember, we need your stories. Send them to us two minutes or less. Shoot them in landscape, good audio, no music. Send them to hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. What do we got this week? Greg sent us this story about his experience renting a Polestar 2 from Hertz. Hey, Zach and Jesse, this is Gregory from St. Augustine, Florida here. Um, just on a trip. And uh, I was renting a car and decided to rent a Polestar instead of I've had Teslas, I've always rented Teslas, and I was like, let me, let me see what's out there, let's try it. So this is this Polestar 2, um, a little sportier, you know, a little tighter. This console in here really kind of hugs your body, maybe a, a little too much. Um, space in the back, fine for two people. Rental, you know, a surprise, rental was only like uh, $56 a day, which was kind of nice. You, you pop the, the hood from inside left, and then you got this little tab. And look, this trunk is tight. There's a like a small backpack. Got a little smoke kit, so it's not a big trunk. We'd love something a little bigger. Um, the charging experience, and as you guys, I've never used one of these things before. I've just done Tesla chargers, and the guy at the, the counter was like, oh no, it comes with an adapter, and you go to Tesla chargers. That's not the case. I've searched this car top and bottom and read online. I'm not even sure if that's even available to use. So here we are with FPL uh, Evolution. I guess it's a Florida utility company. And the learning curve with this app was, yeah, you've got to choose CCS versus Chad mode. I mean, it took me, there was another nice family with their new Maki, and they were new to the Maki experience. We had the whole talk. So without their help, I've probably been here a little, little longer. Um, and then family of four, when we put in the uh, baggage the other day, it was kind of tight to get it into this little trunk. This thing, we got three good sized bags in this trunk. Uh, I could use a little bit more space and then it's got a little false area. Um, but yeah, these are available at Hertz and it was kind of fun to just try something new. Now you know. Thank you, Greg. And um, I, I just, just, I want to I... do a little one act play. This is called <laughs> Dummy at the Hertz Counter, okay? You be the customer. Ask okay. me if you can supercharge your Polestar. Hey, um, uh, I'm so glad to be renting the Polestar today. Uh, actually, does, can I supercharge? Of with course, it? sir. Yes, it's no problem at all. Go to any Tesla supercharger, and it will just plug right in. Wow, that's amazing. Yep. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Now I'd like to fast forward to another little play I wrote called Jesse Stranded by the Side of the Road. <laughs> no. <laughs> Thank you. All right, it's time for our Patreon bonus stories. Now, remember, you can support us on Patreon for as little as a buck a month. You get to see all of our Patreon bonus stories every week, plus a whole lot of other cool perks are over there. So we're going to see you there right now. All right, we're back from our Patreon bonus stories. It's time for the Patreon poll. And the question was... Would you choose Ultra Red? Yeah, if you were in the market for a new Tesla Model Y, would you pay $2,000 more for the new Ultra Red paint option? Uh, and what do people say? I'm surprised. 36% would buy the $2,000 option. So the, the reason I want to talk about this okay. is I think this is another great margin pusher for Tesla. You get a lot of people who want the new color because it's, you know, fresh and new mm -hmm. and they're willing to pay the extra two grand for it, which is all profit for Tesla. No, I mean, it's disproportionate to the amount of colors there are. Right. Yeah, yeah I guess that's kind of smart making you wait for this color. If they just offered it all along, it wouldn't probably be as big a draw. Right. The original red, the multi-coat red was pretty damn oh, beautiful. good. Yeah. But um, 
No, I mean, now that you call it ultra red. Yeah. Now you really want it. All right, it's time for Elon's X's of the week. And Nate said, I dropped out of college last year because I wanted to spend more time working on side projects at X. It's been an extremely rewarding decision, but I feel embarrassed about not having a degree. Should I go back to school or should I keep working on projects at X? And Elon said X. Holmar's catalog says there's only one conclusion that we can draw from Tesla's record sales numbers in 2023. People love Elon's political tweets. If Elon can weigh in on abortion, guns and religion, we may cross three million deliveries this year. And Elon did the laughing, crying emoji. Rosenberg police says spotted out in the wild. What do you think, Elon? Will the Cybertruck make a good police vehicle? It's still hard to find new vehicles to replenish our older police units. Should we make the change in 2024? And Elon said 100 percent. Peter Hauge says in April, Tesla released a step-by-step plan to completely decarbonize the world economy. It was detailed, data-driven, incredible, given that the source was a leading manufacturer of EV, solar, and battery technology. It was ignored by the press and environmental activists. Elon said, this plan will actually work. The Elon Musk Book Club says, there was once a large electrical collider being built in Texas. It was called the Superconducting Super Collider, and it was a particle accelerator complex that was under construction in the vicinity of Waxahachie, Texas. The project was designed to be the world's largest and most energetic particle accelerator with a circumference of 87 kilometers. The construction of the Super Collider began in 1991, but unfortunately, due to budget problems and other issues, the project was canceled in 1993. And Elon said, the SSC cancellation was part of what convinced me not to pursue a career in physics. So I'm kind of glad they didn't build it, (laughs) but I'm not. You know. (laughs) Breakthroughs in <laughs> physics, Elon Musk. Although, what, doing what Tesla. breakthroughs would he have found? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <It would> be... <laughs> Hello, uh, put in your quantum neurotransmitters, and today we're going to be learning about te- teleportation. The Middle Earth Mixer says, This is the year we declare war on scan QR code menus. Elon says, I heartily agree. Seeing all those ugly QR codes makes my eyes bleed. Ashley St. Clair says, Hey guys, I'm starting to think the politicians aren't impeccably beating market by luck or skill. And this is a list of Congress versus the S&P 500 in 2023. And now I do want to point out that blue is Democrat, red is Republican. So it's a mix. Uh And all of those numbers are beating S&P by certain amounts. So just follow the politicians and you'll do fine in the market. Wow. Man, do they have like a show? Like they're like, bye, bye, bye. They're like, I just got off the phone with my defense contractor. There's going to be a brand new war. You want to get rich? Buy it. You can't. You got to be so rich. Gary Mark says, for perspective, Giga Texas current expansion will make it exceed the length of a Star Destroyer this year. And Elon said, maybe not exceed, but pretty close. Seriously? (laughs) I know that it's a fictional (laughs) craft that like some guys at ILM just like glued a whole bunch of parts together to make. But really cool. Elon says, today is the first day of the rest of your life. Tesla owner Silicon Valley says, FSD beta drives are getting boring because I'm having perfect drives. More and more drives are having zero disengagements. Tesla is leading the way on general autonomy. Elon says, version 12 is next level. Elon says, this is how we create Tesla products. I'm not making it for them. I'm making it for me. And it turns out that when you make something truly for yourself, you're doing the best thing you possibly can for the audience. And so, yeah, this is Rick Rubin saying, make things for yourself. Mm. And that's what Elon does. You think the Cybertruck was made for everyone else? (laughs) No, it wasn't. The rabbit hole says, now that Harvard has exposed itself, can we revisit Texas Institute of Technology and Science? And of course, this is referencing uh, this tweet from Elon. And Elon says, yes. Eric Berger says, shipping an upper stage every 2.5 days is mind boggling. No one really seems to care because Falcon launches are routine now. But getting to the point of making Falcon launches routine was absolutely heroic. Elon says, great work by the SpaceX team. Tesla owner Silicon Valley says, breaking. Honda recalls 2.5 million cars over a fuel pump defect, and nobody cares. If it's Tesla, every news outlet is reporting on it. Yeah, but I mean, who cares? I mean, they're they're just going to fix it with a software update, right? Uh, No. 2.5 million cars. Got to drive them into the dealership and get your fuel pump replaced. And then they're going to be like, um... It's going to be a couple hours, so uh, you want a coffee? Elon says they buy a lot of advertising, and with that, the silence of the media. That's my new movie, The Silence of the Media. The Silence of the Media. May Musk says, as a Canadian citizen, it took me 12 years to get U.S. citizenship under extraordinary ability as a dietitian. I had a thick pile of references from various universities and corporations where I had given lectures. Elon said, while it's trivial to enter the United States illegally, it is insanely difficult for legal immigrants to move to the United States. This is madness. We should shut down illegal immigration and greatly increase legal immigration. Yeah, U.S. legal immigration is a laborious Kafka-esque nightmare. And uh, I know a 
bunch of people who have had trouble trying to legally get into this country. So just go to Mexico. They are so much smarter than me <laughs> and <laughs> just so much harder working. And then, and, and then like the government's like, well, but like, what do you do? And we're going to make it difficult. And if you lose your job because of COVID, get you're, out. You're going to have to leave or find another job. George Max says, what feature would you like Elon Musk to add to X one day? Here's one, the steel man button. Whenever you see a one-sided political tweet, you can hit a steel man button. Grok's AI chatbot then gives you the best argument from the other side. And Elon says, we are working on that. You don't need a button. You could just use Grok. True. Elon Musk says, Starlink now available in Mozambique. Eric Berger says the story of ULA during its first decade was its monopoly on U.S. launch contracts. The story of the second decade was the unraveling of that monopoly. In the third decade, we will find out whether the empire strikes back. Elon says accurate history of past decade of American rockets. And Eric's coming out with a new book soon. Elon says my son, little X, loves clinging precariously to my back and yelling monkey rides. Holmar's catalog says, wow, so you're telling me that not only did this guy sell more EVs than any other automaker on Earth in 2023, launch 80% of payload to orbit, but he did it while on LSD, cocaine, ecstasy, and ketamine, just when you thought the guy couldn't get more impressive. What a dumb smear job. What is he talking about? Oh, just a Wall Street Journal article claiming that he was on drugs all year. What? And Elon said, couldn't ask for a higher compliment. Holmar's catalog went on to quote some things from that stupid article. Apparently, how is Elon? Is he getting enough sleep? Is code for, is he on drugs? And Elon said, this thread is comedy gold. And Holmar's catalog went on to say, oh my God, he smoked weed with Joe Rogan. I've never heard about that. And Elon said, after that one puff with Rogan, I agreed at NASA's request to do three years of random drug testing. Not even trace quantities were found of any drugs or alcohol. Wall Street Journal is not fit to line a parrot cage for bird shit. But, uh, but they published that article? It's called FUD, my friend. The Wall Street Journal? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the one where people go like, but that was in the Wall Street Journal. Yes. Why do you think so many people hate Elon? Because they don't have the facts. All right, it's time for Community Mail Time. Community Mail Time. Remember, share your stories, your photos, and videos with us at hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. What do we got this week, Jess? Brian saw this Cybertruck in Santa Cruz, California. Bobby spotted this Tesla Model S with the Model S for kids on top of it. And then put one more, you know, matchbox on top of that. Oh, that would be great. Ed spotted this Rivian R1S in Wilshire Boulevard in Santa Monica, California. R sent us this picture of this wrapped Model 3 in Munich, Germany. It looks like a another Model 3 driving by, doesn't it? <laughs> Fabio spotted this BYD SEAL in Australia. Lauren saw the Cybertruck at the SpaceX Christmas party in Florida. Steven spotted this Model 3 and Model Y in, in Walsand in New South Wales, Australia. Caroline sent us this picture of her and her mom and stepdad at the Tesla showroom in Golden, Colorado. Cody and Risa saw a Model X towing a Model S race car on I-8 near San Diego State University. Emmanuel spotted this MG Comet EV while visiting India. Sean saw these Starlink dishes at the Antelope Point Marina in Lake Powell, Arizona, and at the Eleniza Norte Volcano in Ecuador. And Leo spotted the Cybertruck in the valet parking at the Venetian Hotel hotel in las vegas park my truck while i go gamble all right let's check out supercharger reviews out there in the world this is in levi quebec it's a 10 stall supercharger location it's located at the back of a mall area which has a grocery store a bank and in the distance there is a tim hortons we scored this supercharger an 8 out of 10. Hi, Zach and Jesse. This is Tony from Corpus Christi, Texas, here at the A stall at Corpus Christi. Um, got everything around here. We got a Chick fil A, a Chipotle, Hana Pork. Right across the road is the mall. We got Dick's Sporting Goods, everything you can imagine under the sun. Uh, all in all, I'd give this place probably a nine out of ten it's a little tricky to get in and out of but a uh, fantastic location and corpus christi definitely needed it now you know hi zach and jesse this is frank reporting from redbridge park and ride south of oxford city center where tesla have just opened a 12 bay version 3 supercharger but it's part of a much larger charging hub with 20 level 2 chargers and 10 fastnet 300 kilowatt ccs chargers it's part of a park and ride so there are not many facilities, just some toilets and buses into Oxford. Remember, if you come here, you need to get a free one hour parking ticket, otherwise you might get a fine. 
So I would give this a 5 out of 10 for facilities, but an 8 out of 10 if you're a charging geek. Now you know. <laughs> hey Zach and Jesse, <laughs> just reviewing the supercharger in Tamworth. <laughs> it's got um, it's got four <laughs> four chargers, four chargers, and um, and it's not really the the, um, the most salubrious locations. It's right next to the, the Mercure Hotel. Um, looks like they've got plenty of solar panels though. Look around, so I see up there and over there as well. So hopefully we're being charged on sunshine, even though it's not a very sunny day. And um, yeah, so the hotel you can actually use their bathroom we just uh, went there they're very kind and let us uh, use their amenities but uh, otherwise there's not really anything around that you can you can use okay don't so now you know don't say that <laughs> oh that was the best oh no, my god if you so need to really, cheer up just no, watch that over that and over again thank you so much for supercharger reviews everybody i love those and by the way we've got a map on our website that's where you go and upload them and that's where you go watch them so go check it out at now you know channel.com all right what do we got for new superchargers in the world jess we got the ninth stall in wanju south korea we got number 57 in washington the 16 stall in tukwila washington the 20 stall in el paso texas we got number 80 in italy the eighth stall in moncalieri italy there's 80 in italy that's awesome. Got number 55 in Maryland, the 12 stall at Owings Mills, Maryland. We got the three stall in Lasha, China. We got the three stall in Zhuzhou, China. We have a six stall in Nanning, China at the Chanlu International. We have a six stall in Nanning at the Shashan Outlets in China. We have the three stall in Nanchang at the Wang Fuling Shopping Center. We have another one in Nanchang, a three stall at the Gaopeng Tesla Center in China. We have the six stall in Chongqing, China. The six stall in Julian, China. We have the 12 stall in Ripon, California. Number 79 in Pennsylvania is the 8 stall at Trout Run. We have number 149 in Texas, the 12 stall in Edgecliff Village. The 3 stall in Wuxi, China. We have the 4 stall 120 kilowatt in Changzhou, Haile, China. The 3 stall in Changzhou at the Taifu Department Store, China. The 3 stall in Kujing, China. The 6 stall at Nijiang, China. The 6 stall in Kunming, China. The 3 stall in Shijuzhuang, China. The 11 stall in West Palm Beach, Florida. Number 33 in Minnesota is the 8th stall at Worthington at Oxford Street, Minnesota. Number 26 in Missouri is the 8th stall in Columbia, Missouri. Number 151 in Florida is the 8th stall at Lake City. Number 156 in South Korea is the 6th stall in Yujongbu, South Korea. Number 425 in California and 2,131 in the United States is the 8th stall at Fremont, California. Yeah, just down the street from the Fremont factory. Uh, we got the 3 stall in Hangzhou at Longhu Jiangdongjian, China. We have the 3 stall in Hangzhou at the Longhu Binjang, Tanji, China. We have the 4-stall 120 kilowatt in Hangzhou, China. We have the 6-stall in Lishu, China. And number 1933 in China, number 5983 in the world is the 3-stall in Wuhan, China. Woo! We made it to the end of the episode, and I want to just talk a little bit more about plowing with our F-150 Lightning. Mm -hmm. We are, I think, the second people in the world to do it. Um, and this was a real snowstorm. This was over 12 inches of yes. snow. I had to plow three times last night just to keep up. And uh, this is probably the cheapest snow plow front-mounted plow that you could possibly do. Yeah, I think we should do an in-depth to tell people how we did it because anyone with a Lightning could do it uh, with a little... You need a Lightning and a welder. And a Harbor Freight we're nearby. Not, we're not going to give everything away. <laughs> You're going to have to watch the in-depth. Again, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss it. Um, thank you so much for watching all the way to the end. Yeah, and if it weren't for our Patreons, by the way, who are the people that you just see scrolling by here, we could not have done that because it's not free to do this show. It takes a lot of work and effort. And unfortunately, what used to be YouTube heaven, right, for all the YouTubers in the world where you just get gobs of money from YouTube, well, that's dried up. Yeah. YouTube is just being stingy as ever. So uh, if it weren't for our Patreons, we couldn't do any of this. So right. thank you so much. And if you want to become a Patreon, Go over to patreon.com slash now you know for as little as a buck a month. Go see all the great work we do there. There's plenty more stories to see this week. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next week. Now, now you know. know.